Good morning, and welcome to the Christian Faith Radio Hour. Today is Saturday, July 30th, and we are broadcasting live from Jefferson Park, Illinois. My name is David Canfield. I'll be the host for this time. You can visit us online at thechristianfaith.org. And if you have comments or questions about the program or about the Christian life in general, you can send us an email at notes at thechristianfaith.org. But I wanted to make sure to uh, mention that this weekend, if uh, you'd like to visit us, we will have a booth at Jeff Fest, uh, which is going on. actually started last night. We had uh, met some uh, people there last night, and uh, we'll be there again today and tomorrow. It starts at 2 o'clock and goes until 10 o'clock in, uh, right at uh, Jefferson Memorial Park in uh, Jefferson Park on the northwest side of Chicago. And you can get a little more information on our website, thechristianfaith.org. Uh, we, you can connect to the uh, uh, webpage about Jeff Fest from, uh, from there. If you'd like to come and visit us, that'd be great. We would love to see you at the festival today. Now, we had a, had a great time last night, had some really good conversations with different people, and it was a very, very good experience and just a, a good way to be out there preaching the gospel, sowing the seed, praise the Lord, so to speak. And, uh, of course, we also have our Bible study now on Monday night, and that's at 7 o'clock at uh, the Meeting Hall of the Church of the Chicagoans, which is at 5518 West Gettysburg in Chicago. And, again, you can get information about that either on my website, thechristianfaith.org, or from the church website, which is chicagomeeting.org. But that's at 7 o'clock on Monday nights, and we'd love to see you there, too. We're going to get into some of these matters in, uh, in a little more in-depth way, uh, as the Lord allows. So, speaking of sowing the seed, uh, the topic today is going to be the parable of the sower, uh, that the Lord tells uh, in Matthew 13. And, of course, he also speaks of that parable in Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8. Uh, and last week, of course, we covered, we've been covering the, the parable of the ten virgins. So, um, but we wanted to go on now and, and look at this parable. Because as Christians, we should have a real desire to grow spiritually in Christ. Uh, we've been born again. Praise the Lord, born anew, born from above. There's different ways to say that. This life, this divine life has come into us. But the question is, how do we grow as believers? How can we mature and develop? And really, in, in the New Testament, maybe the single best portion that shows us what it really means to grow in Christ is this parable of the sower. And what we see in this parable is that the Lord is sowing the seed. And that seed is the word. And this word gets inside of us. But once it gets inside of us, the question is, what happens? Yes, we've been regenerated. We've been born again with this seed. The seed has gotten into us. But is it growing and developing in a healthy way? And what we see in this parable, are there, there are things that can frustrate the growth of the seed. But the Lord's expectation is that the seed would come forth and bear fruit within us and produce a crop. That's what he's hoping. That's what his, his work in us is for. And... Really, like I say, in the whole New Testament, I don't think there may be a better portion that really shows us how to grow. You know, there are spiritual practices that are important, and I always stress it's so important to develop that daily, consistent habit of just reading the Bible, giving the Lord a way to speak to you. Reading through the Bible once a year is a very good practice to develop if we want to grow. I just don't see how you can if you're not practicing that. The Lord said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And so if we're not in the truth, it's just very hard for us to be sanctified and to grow, uh, to fellowship with other believers, um, to testify on behalf of the Lord. These are different practices that help us to grow. But in terms of the real intrinsic meaning of spiritual growth, that's what you see in this parable of the sower. It shows us what are the basic principles concerning how we grow. And so that's what we want to look at, look at today. But we should have a deep sense when the Lord sows himself as life into us, he's expecting something to come forth. But what these, the parable in Matthew 13 shows us is that we may or may not produce what the Lord is looking for because there's obstacles. There's things that can come in and frustrate uh, our, our growth as believers in Christ. You know, in 1 Peter, the, the verse we just quoted, 1 Peter 1, verse 23, we're regenerated, having been regenerated, right? not by corruptible seed, but by incorruptible. Again, Peter likens that to the word of God. So this seed 
is getting into us. It's, it's the word of God, but it does come into us as a seed. There's still so much work the Lord needs to do in us. And it comes about as that seed grows up and develops within us. You know, everything we need, so to speak, is in that seed in terms of um, the divine life in nature. It's all in that divine seed that gets into us the moment we're born again. But we have to be clear, it comes into us as a seed. As a seed. It's not uh, yet complete. It's just the beginning of the Lord's work in us. You know, we were at, the, as I mentioned, we were at uh, the festival, Jeff Fest, yesterday talking to people. And I, I met this one young woman who's just um, uh, kind of, it uh, seems like turning back to the Lord now. But she says, well, um, I, I just don't feel like uh, I've seen, I, I, I express too much. Uh, I live much as a, as a Christian should. It was something like that. I, I can't remember the exact expression that she used. But she feels she's not developed yet. Uh, as she should spiritually. And what I, of course, I've been preparing this matter of Matthew 13. And so I encouraged her to, to remember that the life we receive is a seed. And it takes time for that seed to grow and develop. Now, these practices that I've mentioned, like reading the Bible and fellowshipping, these help that seed to grow. But it, everything depends on the growth of that seed. It takes time for it to grow up and to develop and to bear fruit among us. So don't be frustrated if everything doesn't change overnight if you're, when you're born anew. Uh, it just it takes time. But if the seed grows and develops within us in a healthy way, eventually we'll see that uh, the fruit does come forth and something of Christ will be manifested through us. Praise the Lord. So maybe uh, maybe what we can do now is to start to go through this parable uh, in a more specific way and uh, just take it verse by verse. One of the interesting things about this parable is that it uh, it's mentioned in all the Lord it's recorded in all three of the gospels, synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, a lot of the parables uh, are not. There's a lot of parables in Luke that aren't, aren't recorded elsewhere, and in Matthew similarly. But this one is in all three. And it seems like that's because this is where the gospel really begins, is with this parable. And, of course, there's lessons for it as well in terms of how we preach the gospel. So uh, there's um, so much we need to pay attention to. But it's interesting sometimes to compare the different ways the different gospels speak of this parable. And we'll notice that as we go through it. And so uh, I'll begin. I'm just going to read the parable itself. And this uh, uh, mainly I'm going to be reading from Matthew, and then I'll be comparing it. Uh, with um, when it's necessary with uh, how it's recorded in Mark and Luke as well. So Matthew 13, 2. Great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Now, he, we need to add a word here too that he's telling these parables in Matthew 13 basically after he has turned away from the nation of Israel itself. You see that in Matthew 12. The uh, the Pharisees accused him. They said he was casting out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And at that point, the Lord says, okay, basically, I'm done with you. And so he turns away from the nation of Israel at that point. Uh, his in, At the end of Matthew 12, his the family comes to him and, and tries to see him. And some say, your family's trying to see you. And he tells them, who, who, who are my relatives? He says, uh, whoever does the will of God, that's my brother and sister and mother. So he's saying he's giving up on his natural relationship is the point of that statement. He's saying, now I'm going to turn to those who are willing to receive this word of the kingdom. Of course, he came originally in Matthew uh, saying, repent for the kingdom of the heavens is at hand, both him and John the Baptist. But that offer is never repeated after this point in the gospel of Matthew. He's done basically with the nation of Israel by this point. So he's beginning something new here. He's turning to those people who are going to be willing to uh, follow him to establish the kingdom of the heavens on the earth. And eventually that's not, of course, the nation of Israel. Eventually that is the church. The church is where the kingdom of the heavens is seen today. So this we have to put this parable in its proper context. It's really beginning something new. So he goes. he's speaking to the multitude. He spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much depth of earth, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. 
And some fell among thorns, and thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. And then the Lord says in Matthew 13, 9, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Praise the Lord. So that's the parable of the sower. Very simple parable, but so profound. There's, you know, just getting into this, there's so much in this parable. But the disciples came to him uh, later and they said, why do you speak to them in parables to the crowds? And he, is, and he says, basically, because you, it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of the heaven, but to them it has not been given. You know, today, it's the believers in Christ those who are, and those who are really willing to follow Christ who have some insight into the mysteries of the kingdom of the heavens. And when I was a new believer, uh, the brother who, who brought me to the Lord really stressed this. He said, to those outside, it's all in parables. And I tell you today, you see that. Um, you speak the gospel, you share the gospel with ones, you try to help them see something, and they can't because they're not uh, part of the kingdom of the heavens. So everything to them is really it's just a parable. They simply cannot understand it. Uh, but our eyes are blessed, as the Lord says. Uh, he goes on to say, um, Blessed are your eyes, Matthew 13, 16. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. It is really, ears, for they hear. It is really so. It is a real blessing to have some insight, some understanding into these things, because so many people don't. We need to be so thankful to the Lord that he's revealed something uh, of the, the, these mysteries of the kingdoms of the kingdom of the heavens to us. You know, uh, I've, I've had a feeling lately as I was considering this, you know, there's, it's a real struggle to get ones to see uh, something of the kingdom of the heavens, something of, of the Lord's desire. Uh, and a lot of times our frustration is we're trying to share with people about the kingdom of the heavens, but there's just no way because they're on the outside. It's not going to happen. What we need to focus on instead is trying to help them turn to the Lord in the first place, that their eyes would be opened and they would see something uh, of the divine mystery. Then, then you can begin to talk to them about these mysteries. But if their eyes are not opened yet, uh, it, it's just not going not gonna to work. And uh, Acts 26.18 is a key verse in this regard. This is the Apostle Paul. Um, the Lord is speaking to the Apostle Paul and commissioning him and sending him to the Gentiles. And he says, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among all those who are sanctified by faith in me. So the first thing that has to happen is for their eyes to be opened. And when their eyes are open, then the next thing they're going to they're realize is, wait a minute, I'm in darkness. I've been in darkness. And they'll have a turn from darkness to light. And, and when that happens at the same time, they're going to realize, I've been living my life under the power, under the authority of Satan. And they want to have a turn to God. So these are the first things that have to happen. Then a person can begin to understand something of the mysteries of the kingdom of the heavens. That's Acts 26, 18. Then they can go on to receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. But it is a spiritual struggle. We have to realize uh, that's the problem. That's the fundamental problem is the spiritual struggle. Satan, we see this in the, in the parable of the sower. We see it in the, all the parables in Matthew 13, the first four anyway. Satan fights very hard to keep the seed from growing and developing in a proper way. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, if we are in the kingdom of the heavens, if we do see something of these things, it is a real blessing, uh, a real privilege to begin to see what is on God's heart, to see what's really happening in the New Testament. Uh, you know, you, even when you when you, like when you're out at the festival preaching the gospel, you see so many people, and you just your heart goes out to them, and that's why we're there is to try to to share the gospel and to help ones have that transfer from uh, the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. But the first thing that has to happen is for their eyes to be opened. And for that, it takes a lot of prayer, a lot of struggle, because for anyone to make that transfer is a great, great matter. And, uh, and, and it's, it's a real struggle. But when we praise the Lord, we can participate in that struggle and stand with the Lord for his kingdom on the earth. So, okay, that's enough for this segment. In the next segment, we'll go on and we'll just go through uh, the Lord's explanation of that parable and, uh, and, and see what he's really talking about there. This program is produced along with our website, thechristianfaith.org, to help address the need for a healthy word of ministry among God's children today. 
in the Old Testament, the Lord tells us through the prophet Hosea, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Our prayer is that the Lord, by his mercy, may use the ChristianFaith.org website and the Christian Faith Radio Hour to help the believers in Christ grow in our knowledge, both of our Savior and of our faith in him, so that we may stand more firmly for the Lord and for his purpose in these dark times. Visit us online for articles on the Bible and the Christian life, and to sign up for our e-letter, which deals with various biblical topics. To listen to previous editions of this program, look for the Christian Faith Radio Hour podcast, which you can access via our website under the Media tab, or directly on iTunes or Spotify. And if you have questions or comments about what you've heard on this program or on our website, or about the Christian faith in general, send us a note at questions at thechristianfaith.org. May this program and the ChristianFaith.org website be a blessing to you in your walk with the Lord and to all of God's children, for His sake and His glory. Amen. Hello, and welcome back to the Christian Faith Radio Hour. So now we want to just go through the Lord's explanation of this parable, and that's where we really see uh, what this parable is talking about. So, and again, we'll be using mainly using Matthew, but we'll be bringing in uh, the uh, record in Mark and Luke, you know, when, when there's a little difference, which is sometimes quite interesting. So, uh, Matthew thirteen eighteen, the Lord says, Therefore, hear the word, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. So the first point here is that what is this seed? And it's interesting, and it's described in three different ways. In Mark, it says the sower sows the word. In Luke, it says the seed is the word of God. But in Matthew, it says it's the word of the kingdom. So we have to, this helps us to understand, you know, this seed is, contains the divine life by which we've been regenerated. But in Matthew, what Matthew is saying is, is by calling it the word of the kingdom, he's saying it's this seed that eventually brings forth the kingdom of God. And God gives us this seed. He imparts this seed into our being so that the kingdom of God could be brought forth. Everything depends on this seed and on the growth and development of the seed within us. It's not so much how we work. It's not so much our effort. It's not so much uh, how we uh, try to do this or that. It's whether or not this seed is growing up and developing within us. That's from God's standpoint. Everything depends on how this life that's in the seed grows and develops. And yes, this life is in the seed. But the question is, uh, how how does the seed grow? And the Lord here... Uh, he says, the seed is sown into our heart. That's the soil. Our heart is the soil in which the seed needs to grow. So when we're talking about the different uh, situations where the seed is cast, it's really talking about our heart. What is the condition of our heart? That's the issue here in, uh, in Matthew 13. And of course, when we talk about our heart, we're really talking about our love for the Lord. Do we really love the Lord? And that's going to determine how that seed grows and develops within us. Uh, now, I have to say this week, I was really helped uh, getting into this uh, uh, by a book uh, by Witness Lee called Practical Lessons on the Experience of Life. Uh, and uh, he, he talks about the frustration that this seed uh, encounters in this parable in Matthew 13. He says, there's only one way, this is page 200, there's only one way to escape the choking of the enemy, that is to love the Lord. In order to grow, we must go to the Lord and pray definitely and purposely, purposely, that he will grant us a love for him. Uh, he goes on, I believe and can testify that if we pray in this way, one day the Lord will reveal this love to us. This love will do much work to get rid of all the stones within us. Uh, the only thing that can deliver us from any kind of choking is love. Therefore, we must learn to pray that the Lord would grant us such a love. And it's really so. The only one, We don't have this love in ourselves, but we need to seek the Lord to show us, Lord, how can I love you? What does it mean to really love you? 
Sometimes we come up with substitutes for loving the Lord. We're going to do this. I'm going to do this kind of work. I'm going to go to Bible school. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to do this and that. You know, okay, maybe the Lord's calling you to do those things. I don't know. But the basic thing is, are we loving the Lord? Because this growth of the seed has to take place in a heart that really loves the Lord. And the way we deal with our heart in such a way that it becomes a good seal, soil for the seed to grow is by loving the Lord. That's what we see uh, in, these, in uh, this parable of the sower. Because the seed, as we say, is sown into our heart. That's the soil. Well, the first kind of heart is uh, the one that's sown beside the way. And in that kind of heart, uh, the seed doesn't even get in. It says uh, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Well, uh, the way there signifies the traffic, the place where there's so much traffic of the world. If we're so, you know, when you, when you uh, people walk on a certain path and keep walking on it, walking on it, the soil gets hardened. Nothing can grow there because it's so hard. And so this is saying if, our, if we're so occupied with the things of the world, if we're so involved in the things of the world, it is really hard for the seed of life to get into us. And this is uh, a case where a person, where the seed does not get in, the person is not saved. Uh, it's interesting, uh, in Luke, uh, I, I, and I didn't notice it until I was looking at that this week, Luke eight twelve, when it's talking about this, he said, those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So it's saying here, if that seed just gets into the soil, then that person is going to be saved. They're a saved believer just by the fact that it gets into the soil. But Satan doesn't want that to happen, so he snatches it away. He snatches that seed away. So um, that's a person who doesn't even get saved because the seed does not get into the soil. So that's the first kind of heart, the heart that is hard toward the Lord because of uh, all the worldly traffic, all the occupation with the things of the world. And of course, we know that's a very common situation with the people in the world today. You preach the gospel, there's just no way because they're so focused on, on the worldly things. Matthew 13, 20, uh, he goes on, He who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, these next two are quite key, and you need to understand there's a distinction between these these two kinds of soil. So here it's the, the seed on the stony places. So here the seed gets in, but there's rocks that are hidden underneath the soil that prevent it from really growing. So it grows up quickly, but then uh, there, he has no root in himself. And so the uh, it doesn't grow healthy. Eventually the, the sun comes up and it destroys the uh, what does grow that little bit that does grow. Well, in our heart, there are many things that frustrate the Lord. Uh, all the impure things in our heart uh, and the, the selfish things, corrupt things. Maybe we, we love money. Maybe we, uh, you know, immoral things. Maybe we're filled with selfish ambition. Uh, all the corrupt things that are in our heart. And again, the way we, only way we can deal with it, we can't deal with these things ourselves, but the way we need to deal with them is to open ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to love you. Help me to deal with these things so that they wouldn't frustrate the growth of the seed. Because the, the sober matter in this parable is that even after the seed gets into us, so much can grow in us. The, the person here in uh, the Lord speaking of in Matthew 13, 20 and 21, this is a saved person because the seed has gotten into them and it's developing something. It hasn't developed much because these stones are blocking its growth, but something has come forth. But when the sun comes up, you know, that's trials and tribulations. Uh, the sun and the heat should help us to grow. But if we don't have the root, instead of helping us to grow, eventually we get stumbled and we won't grow. And uh, we get scorched instead of being helped to grow. So that's a very sober word that if we're not dealing with these things in our heart, eventually we won't be able to grow in a healthy way as we should. Uh, then Matthew thirteen twenty two, He who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So this is, okay, we have the stony things in our heart, but this is not speaking so much of what's inside our heart. It's the things that are outside of us. Uh, the, it says the, uh, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. 
uh, choke the word. The anxieties of life, basically, uh, are frustrating us. And yes, this, this relates to something that's in our heart, the heart that's not pure toward the Lord because we're so focused on the things of this life. But it's, it's different because if the, it's the things that are external to us that are acting upon us that cause us to be anxious. The thorns that grow up outside of us and they choke the word. Uh, in, the, in the previous example, it was the stones that were in the soil. In this example, it's the things that are outside of us that choke the word. So these two different things can frustrate our growth. The inward uh, corrupt things that are in our heart that aren't dealt with and the outward anxieties of life that we're not casting upon the Lord, right? As we need to cast all our anxieties upon the Lord. If we're not dealing with these things, these things will choke us and prevent us uh, from growing up. Uh, in a healthy way. Uh, Luke 8.14 says, uh, the cares, riches, and pleasures of life uh, eventually result in that they bring no fruit to maturity. And I have to say, so many believers are like this, uh, where, yes, they have to some extent dealt with the corrupt things in their heart, uh, the impurities, etc. That's not so great an issue. But what is an issue are the cares of life. And because of the cares of life, you know, uh, uh, all the my financial situation, family situations, which, you know, you can't say they're not important. They are. The Lord knows about these things. He says the Lord knows you need these things, right? But if these things uh, occupy us to the extent that we become so anxious about them, eventually we will not be able to bring fruit to maturity. And like I say, so many believers, it seems to me, are in this kind of situation. But praise the Lord, eventually there is the good seed. And we should say, it's not that we have one kind of believer uh, is this kind of soil and another believer is that kind of soil. The soil here is in each one of our hearts can be in this kind of condition. Uh, We only become the good soil as we deal with our heart and give the Lord the ground to really work and produce something in us. And that's what we see in Matthew 12, 23. But he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. Praise the Lord. And that's what we want to do. We want to have that uh, increase, the bearing of fruit unto the Lord. But that all depends on how we deal with this uh, our heart so that the seed that's sown in a, into us can grow in a healthy way. We can't grow by ourselves, but if you're a saved believer, if you've opened your heart to the Lord and that seed has gotten inside of you, it's that seed that's going to grow and develop and bear fruit. But our responsibility is to deal with our heart in such a way that it becomes the good ground, the good soil for that to happen. And as I said Uh, earlier, that happens when we really give ourselves to love the Lord, when we ask the Lord to show us what it really means to love him, because we don't know in ourselves. Pray, Lord, what does it mean to love you? How can I be a person who really loves you, who really gives himself to you? I want to be such a one. I want to be the good soil so you can grow grow up and bear fruit within me. Praise the Lord. Okay, so uh, that's going to do it for this segment. And in our next segment, we're going to bring on, bring on a brother, Brother Joe from Pittsburgh, and to have some fellowship about this parable. This program is produced along with our website, thechristianfaith.org, to help address the need for a healthy word of ministry among God's children today. In the Old Testament, the Lord tells us through the prophet Hosea, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Our prayer is that the Lord, by his mercy, may use the ChristianFaith.org website and the Christian Faith Radio Hour to help the believers in Christ grow in our knowledge, both of our Savior and of our faith in him, so that we may stand more firmly for the Lord and for his purpose in these dark times. Visit us online for articles on the Bible and the Christian life and to sign up for our e-letter, which deals with various biblical topics. To listen to previous editions of this program, look for the Christian Faith Radio Hour podcast, which you can access via our website under the Media tab, or directly on iTunes or Spotify. And if you have questions or comments about what you've heard on this program or on our website, or about the Christian faith in general, send us a note at questions at thechristianfaith.org. May this program and the christianfaith.org website be a blessing to you in your walk with the Lord and to all of God's children, for his sake and his glory. Amen. Hello, and welcome back to the Christian Faith Radio Hour. 
And I just want to uh, mention again, we're at Jeff Fest this weekend here in Jefferson Park. You can find the information about that on our website, thechristianfaith.org. Uh, we'll be there today and tomorrow. And Monday night, we have our Bible study at 7 o'clock at 5518 West Gettysburg in Chicago. If you want to uh, come out and uh, have a little more fellowship about uh, this parable of the sower, we, we plan on covering on Monday night. And so now we are going to bring Brother Joe on from Pittsburgh. Brother Joe, can you hear me? Uh, I can, Dave. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you sound good. Um, yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, Joe, this is the second time Joe's been on the program. And uh, Joe, glad to have you back. Praise the Lord. I've known, Joan, known Brother Joe, Joe Pope for many years, right? We always kind of, uh, uh, anyway, I don't want to say maybe have a little fun with the Joe's last name, right? But uh, anyway, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure Joe's heard, Joe's heard enough of that, I think, right? So. This, this Pope got saved. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. <laughs> the Pope got saved. Praise the Lord. Amen, Joe. Uh, amen. Um, so, uh, Joe, uh, of course, uh, we've been sharing about the, the parable of the sower. And I just want to, first of all, I just if you have um, any comments to begin with, I'd just like uh, um, to give you an opportunity to uh, uh, share about that. I, I Getting into this, I was very helped by it myself, I have to say. And uh, so I don't know if you have any thoughts to begin. Yeah, Dave. I, <clears throat> first of all, I, uh, I appreciate your explanation uh, of the parable of the sower, you know, um, as uh, illustrated in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and uh, showing the slight differences, but basically the same thought. And I appreciate also, as you emphasize, the power of God's Word, mm. the seed. Yeah. You know, in each case, it was the Word of the Kingdom, the Word, the Word. So uh, more and more, I, I've come to just trust the power of God's Word, mm. able to mm. to um, plant itself in, in our hearts, if our hearts are open, if we welcome the Word and, and allow that Word to operate. Amen. Can you explain that, that Joe? The, I'm has, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, just, can you explain the power of God's Word practically? Um, what do you What do you mean by that? Well, I, I'm thinking initially of Romans chapter 10, faith comes by hearing, yeah. and hearing by the Word of God. Mm. And, you know, mm. I this is my habit. I like to go out to the parks and, and uh, a witness to people. And I have found, I don't trust my um, delivery in particular, you know, my, my message. And I've done this for some time, but more and more I trust the power of God's Word. Mm. You know, I think you talked about John, right? Was it 1224, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides mm. alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I was thinking about that picture of the seed. You know, uh, when you plant the seed into the ground, the seed is um, engulfed, encased in a, in a shell, in a hard shell. Yeah. But when that that seed falls into the ground, there's some uh, some processes that go on where the shell is eventually, what, eroded away, I suppose you could say. But eventually it's reduced to that life germ. And life germ, the very crust, the mm. very center of the seed, has the ability to grow and, yeah. to, uh, and, and to multiply. I have a garden, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we've enjoyed putting seeds in the ground, and those seeds... Uh, uh, bear fruit, and I'm enjoying some of my beets. This <laughs> because the seed has the power, and whether you like it or not, it's just that is God's word, which has the ability to change a sinner into a son of God. It's just amazing. Um, you know, I uh, to quote something here. This is this is something I'm reading. Something that's called "Destined for the Throne" by Paul E. By Billheimer. Uh, this was his first edition, and he made some striking comments, if I, if I may. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Quoting him, he says, Through the new birth, we become bona fide members of the original cosmic family, actual generated sons of God, partakers of the divine nature, that's what you quoted in Second Peter, yeah. begotten yeah. by him, impregnated with his genes, mm. called the seed or sperma of God, and bearing his heredity. Okay, so you know, Dave. Yeah, every, everything's in that seed. Everything that everything we're going. Yeah, amen. It's, yeah, amen. Go ahead. It, it is, no, it is amazing. I, you know, whether I like it or not, I am so much 
like my father and my mother too. You know, I see both aspects, and I can't escape it. You know, the uh, the old saying, right? The the, the, the fruit doesn't fall yeah, far from yeah. the tree. And whether I like it or not, genetically, you know, I am uh, what I. Uh, there's a blueprint with yeah. it, this genetic blueprint yeah. that's living out of me yeah. that looks like my dad. It has uh, has characteristics of my mother because everything is in that gene. Okay. Amen. When you think about this, when we are regenerated or regenerated, we receive the genes of God. I mean, which have the ability in that seed in that word yeah. to make this sinner into a son of God. Wow. And Amen. you know, when Paul in Romans eight says, uh, "For those whom he foreknew, he predestinated." be conformed to the image of the Son. Brother, I, it's hard to get my head around it, just what this, what this seed is capable of doing to transform this person uh, uh, into, into, into something that looks like God's Son. Yeah, amazing. But I, I do appreciate what you're talking about, the heart also. I was thinking of the, um, the verse where it says, Guard your heart with all mm. diligence. For mm. out of it, or the issues, issues of life. Yeah, amen. Yeah, and and the heart, you know, according to these parables, are are, are the ground. You know, our ground. Yeah. And it's so easy in these days to be um, inundated. You know, uh, with all the news, yeah, all the really things, so. and yeah. all the you know, we, yeah. we all have iPhones and iPads and computers, mm. and constantly being fed. You know, uh, a stream of whatever. Yeah, it seems like when it's saying guard our heart. That we have to protect mm-hmm. it in terms of what goes into the heart, whereas precisely, I mean, eventually, because eventually the, the rest of the verse goes on to say, eventually, what comes out of it are the issues of life. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so easy. It's, it's so hard. The world's so so much corruption in the world today. Really, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave. So I find myself, you know, just constantly just recommitting my heart to God. Amen. I don't trust yeah. my heart. I don't trust. I don't. Oh Lord. What, what's uh, the, the scriptures say our heart is deceitful above all things. That's you know? really wicked, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I'm I trust, but I trust God's word uh, yeah. by spending time in the word. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. that that word can change this. You know, can change can trans. Well, I guess what can justify us eventually can sanctify us, can transform yeah. us. Eventually, even that word has the ability to bring many sons into glory. Mm. So, uh, anyway. Um, I would say this, I, you know, I, as I say, I like to go to the park and talk to people. And oftentimes, uh, you know, you don't get much response. But uh, a brother shared something that really helped me with the gospel. And he talked about what they call marketing rule of seven. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Meaning that people need to hear a message approximately seven times. Now, this is in the marketing field. Interesting. Before it it connects, okay. You know, fifteen percent will save you, or fifteen minutes rather, will save you fifteen percent. You think? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, right. When you hear "Where's the beef?" you right. think of Wendy's because we heard that over and over and over. Yeah. Okay. Well, with the gospel, this this brother had shared: <clears throat> if we just sow the seed, sow the seed, sow the seed. Eventually, that seed, being the Word of God, will take root, you see, provided the heart is open. And you, yes. you made a good point of that. The, the heart really has to be open. And, but, and, and if it is open, it will take root, and boom, something can, can be brought yeah. forth. Amen. It's like Jesus said, <clears throat> you may sow and others reap, and you may reap and where others have sown. So my feeling is just sow God's Word. Hmm. Just go and speak God's Word again. And again, and again, and trusting that life in God's word, Amen. which is what what's what's uh, Hebrews say sharper than any two-edged sword, able to discern Amen. the soul from the spirit. So, Amen. Uh, but again, if the heart is critical. The heart is very critical if it would receive and if it yeah. would open. Well, that so uh, I'm just commenting on what you had said. Already. Yeah, yeah, no. No, amen, Joe. That's good. I uh, and of course, it's the Lord's mercy. If anyone ever gets saved, it's the Lord's mercy. It's not because we have absolutely a good. Really, the absolutely. Lord has to do a, a, even a sovereign work of grace in us to prepare our heart to receive mm-hmm. His right. I, but practically, it's, I, I appreciate your, you know, your uh, what you said about the the marketing. I mean, and we simply have to get the word out there. I mean, I'm just you even consider, you know. We we were looking at this parable mainly from the standpoint of how we grow as Christians, but you also there's real lessons here for how to preach the gospel. 
I mean, in a sense, the sower was pretty stupid. <laughs> uh, he he just scattering seed everywhere. You would think he's he yeah. you would think he's looking for the good ground because he doesn't want to yeah. waste the seed. But that's not the way the Lord works. Uh, and from our standpoint, we we don't know what the good ground is. You know, we're out at Jeff Fest. We're just trying to talk to people. Who knows? Who, who, who's yeah. going to really receive the word? Our job is to uh, scatter the seed and just let the Lord uh, bring forth the result. And and I also appreciate, like you say, really trusting in the power of the word. There is there is power in this word, in this seed. I mean, you think about it. These massive trees that we see all around us were produced by this little seed. That's insane. I mean, and, and of course, it took the time, it took the water and the soil. But how in the world does a little seed like that turn into a massive tree? So th- right. th- there's just amazing power in this seed. Th- 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 this is the That's illustration right. the Lord wants to give us. And again, First uh, Peter one twenty three is such a key verse because it tells us we've been regenerated by an incorruptible seed. Praise the Lord. And say, so That's, that same principle has to work in us to grow and produce fruit. Uh, but our job, yeah, is, is to just to, uh, uh, to, to scatter the seed and to trust that the Lord will do his work as we can't. And I think we, we often, I think I, 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 I did hear Billy Graham share about this, or I think, I guess I read something, a little statement. He said it took him a long time to realize he couldn't get people saved. It had to be the Lord's work. And that made a big right. difference in his ministry. It's a very good right. statement from him. I really appreciate that. Yeah, Dave, and I, I um, recall a brother helped me one time by saying, you know, when we sow the seed, our responsibility is just that, just sow the seed. Yeah. And That's he said, right. we are not responsible yeah. for how people react. Yes. You know, I've had people, you know, get nasty with me. I've had people, mm. you know, walk away. Lord, I've yeah. had people weep and, and, and repent right yeah. on the spot. Yeah. And uh, our our only duty is just sow the seed and, and trust it. You know, again, I'm not responsible for, our, for you know, yeah. how they react. We just we just sow it and trust that seed. Amen. To do it, to to operate in people's heart, and I know personally, I had to hear the word or have some exposure to the divine things more than once before, boom, mm. one day it gelled, or one day, you know, there was a wow experience where the lights came on, yeah. and I and I touched God, and I was regenerated. Right. But it was after. <clears throat> Through you know through through different experiences where people spoke something to me mm. before it connected, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I in so, my case a little different. I, mm-hmm. uh, I I I think I could say I I was saved about the first time I heard someone mm-hmm. really share with me about uh, about the gospel about it was Romans chapter eight verse nine about if you don't belong to Christ, if if you do not have the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. And then verse mm-hmm. ten, but if Christ is in you. Then uh, the spirit is uh, the body is dead, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So mm-hmm. when I then I, when I realized I needed to have Christ come and live inside of me, that's when I mm-hmm. opened my heart to the Lord. And and we always and when we have an opportunity on this program, I would say to the listeners, if you haven't had that experience of the Spirit coming inside of you, then now's the time to open your heart to the Lord. It's a very you know we're on our way to the lake of fire, right? We need to repent and believe in Jesus. Have him come and live in my heart. Believe in Jesus and be saved. Your sins will be forgiven. That's what it means to be a Christian. When the Lord, that verse really opened my eyes. If you don't have the spirit of Christ, you don't belong to him. It doesn't matter what else you're doing. Because, like I said, that was the first time, to my knowledge, I'd heard the gospel in that way. But the Lord had been doing a preparatory work through his word because I'd already started to read the Bible. I already thought I was a Christian. Uh, and, but it wasn't until Bill asked me, this brother who preached the gospel to me, he asked me about uh, what makes a person a Christian. I, I really, wait a minute, I don't even know what a Christian is. And then that's when he shared those verses with me. So the Lord had prepared me. And, and, and I think every case is different. How, the, it seems like the Lord does have to do a preparatory work until the time comes, okay, now that seed can get in one way or another. I believe it. Yeah. And I'm thinking of the verse in, in uh, Ephesians 6 where Paul talks about um, the words that we speak, they are spirit, spirit and they are life. life. Amen. And, you know, and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So when we speak, we just open our mouth and speak the spirit into people, whether it's our personal experience of salvation or especially with the word of God. The word can impart faith yeah. where there was no faith, Amen. you see. And I was thinking of James McKendrick and uh, mm. 
What was, what was that book? Seen and Heard? Yeah, Seen and Heard. Very seen touching story. Very yeah. simple brother, watched yes. from Wales. And a coal miner. A coal, a an uneducated coal miner, yeah. Exactly. But he had a burden for souls. Yeah. Amen. Precisely. And he opened his mouth, and when you read that account of what yeah. happened, you know, he just opened his mouth, and people were saved, and the message was yes. profound. It was what? God loves you, or he died for you, or something very... And, and, and well, he warned him, you're on, hell is waiting. It's a real thing. Yeah, there you the go. The lake of fire. There you and, go. and people that yeah. really went and, but this, home. But the, yeah. the, so the, the, the importance was, wasn't so much as the message was so... You know, right. He was a scholar in the truth, he, and he was just a young brother. But he spoke, and, 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 and God's Word touched yes. people, and, and what, there was revival. People got saved yeah. then. So yeah. I guess what I'm saying is... You know, don't don't trust our our message so much that or that we have to be so profound in all the truth. Just yeah. open our mouth yes. and speak faith into people. Amen. And trust that and trust the word mm. of God to operate. And uh, but it, I, I do want to add also to what you were saying. You know, you talked about uh, the growth, uh, and the, the the growth is something of the uh, the plant life, the vegetable life. Yeah. But eventually, it it's transformed into mineral. Right into yeah. building material, gold, silver, precious stone. stone. And I, as you were speaking, Dave, I, I just had this view of, uh, of uh, what they call wood that's transformed into stone. Petrified, Petrified wood, yeah. Wood. And Petra, Petra means that. stone. It's basically it's stone wood is what it is. Yes, yeah. absolutely. There you go. And that whole process over thousands of years, how that happens, yeah. you know, mineral after mineral, something changes. Uh, uh, a plant that is organic into something that is uh, is, is building material, Amen. stone. Yes, and and that stone is what good for God's building. And, and that that is a remarkable so, picture of of God's transforming work because you can still see the wood, it's amazing. But it's so solid now. Yes. You know? Amen. Yes. Amen. And so I and I was thinking about where Romans chapter one, where Paul says Paul said basically, and I'm just paraphrasing the unseen things. Um, you know, his, his divine nature are, are made known in the things that are seen. Mm. So when you look at petrified mm. wood, you realize, Very good. oh yeah. my goodness, what, good what a picture yeah. of God's transforming word. Amen. His, his life that can change this, yeah. you know, change us yeah, I, sinners into sons of God. Yeah, I think it basically just, a, it has to be, this wood it has to be under the right circumstances. It's in the ground and yeah. I think water is flowing it has to be very moist. I don't quite know the exact process, but maybe the water's flowing through it, just depositing the minerals over a long period of time. Because we spent a couple programs ago, we spent some time talking about transformation. Of course, we talked about that picture, the petrified wood. And that's basically just, mm-hmm. just a marvelous picture of transformation, really so, Joe. Yeah, it, 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 it's amazing. it is amazing. God wants his house. Amen. God wants a building, Amen. right? Through all things until the building up. And so to Amen. do that, you need the building Amen. material. Yeah. But but of course we also know there's one who opposes that work, who hates that yes. work, and uh, yes. and that that struck me in this parable as well. And uh, I didn't yes. be, when when I was getting into this before I didn't uh, mention this because I, I, I wanted to wait. I thought you might have something to say about it too. But because looking at you know as I said this uh, this parable is in all three gospels and it's very interesting mm-hmm. when it, it talks about uh, the enemy coming and taking the seed away from the one that's sown on the path how how it each gospel designates that uh the enemy because in uh uh matthew uh it 19 13 19 it says the wicked one comes and snatches the seed away in mark 14 15 uh was it mark matthew 13 19 the wicked one comes and snatches the seed away but in Mark four fifteen, it's Satan comes and snatches the seed away, Uh-oh. and in Luke eight twelve, it says the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. And one thing to clarify, people who may not understand this, because how come the Gospels would relate different words in terms of what the Lord said? But of course, the Lord was speaking in, I think it was probably Aramaic. I, th- I think most people believe possibly Hebrew. So he, what was said had to be translated into Greek to be written down in the Gospels. Right. And so this is a translation of what the Word said. And in the translation, under the Holy Spirit's sovereignty, they're, they're bringing out different aspects of the Lord speaking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's just, it was striking to me that it, it shows just the extent to which we have to deal with the enemy. And in terms of his nature, he's wicked. That's Matthew. He's the wicked right. one. Just what does an unspeakably right. evil. Uh, in 
um, terms of his work, he's Satan. He's he's the adver- that means adversary. The name Satan means adversary. He opposes. Right. And uh, in Luke, uh, in Luke, he's the devil, and the devil means he accuses. So that's how he opposes. He's constantly accusing us, doing everything he can to oppose God's work by slandering and accusing us. He accuses God to us. He accuses his word to us. He tells a lot of people that's not really the word of God. But uh, uh, that's and then, then he'll he'll slander God, us to God. He talks, oh, this person is evil. Uh, yeah. All these accusations. It just struck me how much Satan is doing to oppose the work of God today. Yeah. You know, Dave. I, I, yeah. I, I, it is. I, as you're talking, I'm thinking. You know, it, it's a spiritual battle. It is. Yeah. There. It really is. There's a darkness that that prevents and inhibits, you know, people from hearing the gospel. Yeah. And so that's why I like what Paul said. You know, to turn them from darkness to light. Yes. The authority of Satan to God. Amen. Because there's a darkness. There's a a prince of the power of the air. Amen. You know that. Uh, that rules over this this dark age that mm-hmm. keeps people's eyes from being opened. It is really so. Believe, you see. So Moody, yeah, Moody had a very good statement. He said, "Most Christians fail because they underestimate the strength of the enemy." Mm-hmm. Really, something. Yeah, that's why prayer is yeah. so critical. Yes. To bind and to lose. Amen, Joe. You know, so when when I go out, I always pray, Lord, open. You know, yes. bind the enemy. Amen. Shame him. You know, because I can't do anything. Really, so. But give. It's like you want to crack in the soil, so. Or, or, you know, or, or the concrete or the stones, so word could get implanted yeah. into their heart, you yeah. know. But because the enemy is there working to, to obstruct, to frustrate, yes. you know, to occupy this person that they wouldn't believe. There is a fight. It is a spiritual yeah. fight. Amen, Joe. We have, we have about you know, just a few seconds left if you have a final word um, you want to add. Well, yeah, just... yeah, well my, my encouragement is just sow the seed. And trust trust the word of God, and and uh, don't be you know, don't be frustrated when people don't receive it. Just just realize you're planting something. Amen. You may not see the fruit, but who who knows? When we plant the seed, the seed is something eternal. Amen. And by nature, it's eternal. It doesn't it doesn't pass away. Amen, Joe. Yeah. Amen. Hearts. Amen, Joe. Trust that. Amen. Trust that. Amen. Thank you, Joe, so much. And uh, that's a yeah, good word to end on. So. Good talking to you. Amen. Okay, Joe. We'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Amen. Bye-bye. Okay, brother. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Christian Faith Radio Hour. You can visit us online at our website, thechristianfaith.org. And if you have comments or questions, send us an email at questions at thechristianfaith.org. And to listen to previous editions of this program, look for the Christian Faith Radio Hour podcast, which you can access via our website under the Media tab or directly on iTunes or Spotify.